Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Let's get into the Word of God. We're called to cancel this year. We're focusing on what we're canceling. It's just some stuff we're going to just cancel it. We, it ain't going to have no power, no dominion over us. It's not going to hold us back. It's not going to keep us from walking in what God has ordained. It's not going to keep us from becoming. We're canceling it. Stuff that we've tolerated, stuff that we've put up with, man, we are canceling it. And this month, we're canceling our flesh. And with that in mind, join me at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. Once you find Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, if you are physically able to stand, would you please stand for the reading of the word of God? Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. I am going to read from the New Living Translation uh, for this particular text because I think it's a whole lot easier to understand uh, in the New Living Translation than it is in the King James Version. All right, and so I'll be reading from New Living Translation, Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as, I've, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Amen. 
Amen. I want to talk simply from the thought this morning. Let the Holy Ghost guide your life. Let the Holy Ghost guide your life. Uh, real quick, I failed to express my gratitude to everybody serving today. Thank you to all of y'all serving today. One more time, put our hands together for everybody serving today. Thank you all. 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 Everybody serving today. Really appreciate it. Let the Holy Ghost guide your life. There are all sorts of guides for people's lives. Some people are guided by the streets. All they know is what they learn in the streets. And it shapes their principles. It shapes their behavior. Some people are guided by ideologies and philosophies that make them hold hostages in synagogues or shoot up churches during Bible study or Sunday morning worship. Some people are guided by what makes them think it's okay to kill teenage black boys from Chicago for supposedly whistling at white women in Mississippi. Some people are guided by what makes them violently storm the U.S. Capitol to take back elections they believe were stolen. Some are guided by white supremacy. Some are guided by extreme unquestioned conservatism as well extreme unquestioned liberalism there are all sorts of guides for people's lives and these guides are everywhere they're in the streets our households our schools college campuses entertainment the media there are guides in our churches mosques synagogues temples politics and the internet not internet, internet. My encouragement to you is to let the Holy Ghost guide your life. This is what the Apostle Paul was exhorting the Galatians to do. Allow me to introduce you to the Galatians. This church was founded by the Apostle Paul. Some of the congregation is composed of Gentiles who formerly worshipped idols. It's also composed of Jewish Christians who had been delivered from Judaism. Judaism that taught that although Christ has saved us, you still need to be circumcised in order to be saved. And you still need to follow the Mosaic Old Testament law in order to be right with God. After Paul left Galatia, some from among them arose with a gospel other than Paul's. This happened after he left. This happened when, when he left town and moved on to other places to do the work of God. Teachers rose up to, to teach something that, that was different from what Paul had taught. It was when Paul was gone, when Paul turned his back. It's when Paul wasn't around, that other teachers who, who heard what Paul taught, or maybe even heard uh, about what Paul taught, but decided they'd teach something different. They, they, would, they, they would share what, what God showed them. Yeah, what, what God put on their heart, despite what the set man had taught them and uh, uh, there, there are some here who, who, who may want to hear what I teach, but, but they just got to teach what God told them. Got to share what, what God told them. And well, all of us have to be careful as to who is pulling us away from what God is saying. There are some in the Galatian crowd who wanted to pull, pull a certain segment of the crowd toward them and away from Paul. Here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. 
They are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all the time, not just when I'm with you. So they acted. You had some leaders who acted one way when Paul was around, but they acted another way when Paul was gone. They, they would say certain things when Paul was around, but they'd say something different when Paul was away. They taught one thing when Paul was around and another when he was not. So the Galatians believing, hearing this false teaching, hearing the influence of these false teachers, they, they believed they needed to obey the Old Testament Mosaic law to be saved. So they're mixing their life in Christ with returning to obeying the law. And Paul argued that the Holy Spirit birthed believers into the kingdom, saved them, and empowered them by God's grace to live for Christ. The Galatians were to yield to the Holy Ghost to successfully combat the cravings of their flesh and victoriously abound in grace. That's the whole sermon right there. The Holy Spirit, listen, the Galatians were to yield to the Holy Ghost to successfully combat the cravings of their flesh and victoriously abound in grace. But the question all of us really need to ask y'all is, why, why does the Spirit of God abide in the believer? Why, why does the Holy Ghost abide in the believer? And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the, the Spirit of Christ, the third person of the Godhead, the, the third person of the Trinity abides in us to help us win. We are in a fight to glorify the Father. We are in a fight between our flesh and the Spirit of the living God. We, we are in a fight to become more like Christ and the Spirit of God. God himself takes up residence in every believer to help us win the fight to become more like Jesus. Now, I know some of y'all ain't fighting. You, you're so saved. You don't fight to become like Christ. You, you think like Christ. You walk like Christ. You eat like Christ. You pray like Jesus. You teach like Jesus. You love like Jesus. You forgive like Jesus. You put up with folk like Jesus. But me, I'm struggling sometimes. For me, it's a fight. And I thank God I have the presence and you have the presence of the spirit of God on the inside of us to help us win the fight to become more like Jesus. Our flesh speaks of our sinful nature, that part of us that fights to do the opposite of the will of God. If we yield to our flesh, we are susceptible to falling into the traps of the enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not the devil who makes you disobey God. It's not the devil who makes you fall into the traps that he sets for you. All the devil can do is set traps. All the devil can do is, is let you hear some lies that he's promoting throughout the earth. It's your flesh that makes you fall into the trap. Are y'all with me so far? If we yield to the flesh, we give in to the enemy. But the spirit of God abides inside the believer to empower the believer to fulfill the will of our heavenly father. He gives us a new nature. He gives a, he makes us new creatures. He, he gives us new divine desires and the power to act on them rather than the opposing desires of our old sinful nature of our flesh. If we yield to the control, influence, and guidance of the spirit of God, 
we win. He wants us to win. He empowers us to win. He reminds us of God's word so we can apply it and win. He empowers us to win and bear witness of the one who bled and died for us. He empowers us, leads us, guides us so we bear witness of the one who was raised from the dead for us and intercedes for us and, and one day shall return to receive us. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm, I'm talking about Jesus, the one who was born in a manger but was strung up on an old rugged cross. I'm talking about Jesus and, and the spirit of the living God abides inside of you and me to help us win the fight to become more and more like Jesus. Can I get a witness here today? Yeah, and so we, Paul, Paul encouraged the Galatians, let the Holy Ghost guide your life. Let, let, let the Holy Ghost guide your life. It means, in the King James Version, he said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When he told them to walk in the spirit, he's talking about one who walks about. One who's, they're walking about like they're on a journey. Like they're headed somewhere to walk about. Uh, being led by the Spirit of God, being filled by the Spirit of God. It's, he speaks of, uh, in, in walking uh, in the Spirit, the, it's, it's, it, it speaks of the, the act of how we conduct ourselves. It means, it, it, it talks about our, our manner of life and, and how we behave. He's saying, if Jesus has washed your sins away, let the Holy Ghost empower you to behave like it. If Jesus has saved you, let the spirit of God abiding on the inside of you empower you to act like it. Even when you're at work, act like it. Even when folk getting on your nerves, act like it. Even when life goes down, act like it. Even, even when folk owe you money and talk like they can't pay it, but they got brand new cars and brand new clothes, brand new jewelry. Even then, act like it. Act like it. He says, walk in the spirit and God gives us his spirit. His spirit takes a residence on the inside of the believer to empower us to act like it, behave like it, live like it. Paul said, if we walk in the spirit or yield to the Holy Ghost influence in our lives, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the, of the flesh speaks of the strong desires of the flesh. The impulses in our flesh, the passions of our flesh. Paul told the Galatians there is a battle going on between the Holy Ghost and our flesh. If you still have your app or your Bible open, look at verse 17 real quick. Galatians 5, 17. Here's what he said. He said, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Our flesh wants to dominate and suppress the Holy Ghost while the Holy Ghost wants to dominate and suppress the flesh. We have fleshly desires and divine desires as given by God's spirit. It is a battle indeed. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It is a battle indeed. And this battle is kind of sort of like a version of the show Versus. Versus Versus was created by Timbaland and Swiss Beats to pit one music artist uh, hits against another. And Versus has, has, has featured friendly battles between such artists as Ashanti and, and Keisha Cole and Brandy versus Monica, Teddy Riley versus Babyface, Gladys Knight versus Patti, Le, Patti LaBelle. And there were friendly battles between Christian artists such as uh, Hezekiah. Kaya Walker versus John P. Key, Kirk Franklin versus Fred Hammond. The only difference, though, between the show 
versus and the battle between flesh and spirit is there's nothing friendly about the battle we're enduring between flesh and spirit. Ain't nothing friendly about it at all. The artists in the show verses are competing, really, for nothing more than bragging rights. The battle between flesh and spirit is a battle between life and death. It reminds me of what one of my Marine Corps drill instructors would always say during boot camp. Second place in combat is death. Paul told the Romans in Romans 8.13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. If we are to successfully combat the cravings of our flesh, and we all have cravings in our flesh. Don't let anybody fool you. All of us. Pastor has cravings in, in the flesh. Deacons have cravings in their flesh. Church mothers have cravings in their flesh. Ministers, bishops, apostles have cravings in our flesh. Everybody got cravings in our flesh. We may not act like it on Sunday morning. But we all have cravings in our flesh. And if we are to successfully combat the cravings of our flesh and victoriously abound in grace, we must yield to the influence of the Holy Ghost. The truth is, y'all, we have no other resource to empower us to live holy. We have no other presence to influence us to please God. Following Jesus goes beyond simply trying to be a good person. We are called to live holy in his kingdom as his spirit guides us, as he influences our behavior, and he is to guide our whole life. Look at verse 25 of Galatians 5. Look at that 25th verse. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading, watch this, in every part of our lives. He is to influence our whole lives, every aspect of our lives. We are to include him in everything and leave him out of nothing. He is to guide how we behave as husbands, wives, step-moms, step-dads, moms, dads, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, employers, employees, business owners and vendors and co creators of content and consumers of content. He, he, listen, Cowboys fans, he, the Holy Ghost is to influence how we feel about referees even after we think they may have made a bad call at the end of a football game that y'all lost. Nobody who's a fan filled with the Holy Ghost should be throwing no food and stuff at the referee. And speaking of which, parents who, who, are, who, who claim to be saved, y'all ain't got no business being mad and threatening referees when they make a bad call on your child when your child is playing travel ball. Our whole life, our whole life. Our whole life as pastors, our whole life as parishioners, as politicians, voters, our whole life, educators, even in the classroom, our whole life, students in the classroom, on the bus, in the cafeteria, in the locker room, our whole life, law enforcement, our whole life, lawbreakers, our whole life, you name it, the spirit of God is to influence our whole life. He is to influence how we behave in every aspect of our lives. So the question becomes, how, what happens when the Spirit guides your life? What happens when the Spirit guides your life? Three things real quick we're going to raise up. Number one, number one, when the Spirit guides our lives, we can vibe in a holy and healthy community. When the Spirit guides our lives, when the Holy Ghost guides our lives, we can vibe in a holy and healthy community. Look at verse 15, Galatians 5, 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. 
when we let the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost guide our lives, we can vibe in a holy and healthy community. Let's establish this. First of all, we are holy people. We are by virtue of Jesus Christ saving us from our sins, washing our sins away. He ushers us into the kingdom of God, sets us apart from the world, and we belong to God. And by virtue of our position in Christ, our position before God as saved folk, we are holy. He sets us apart from the world, y'all. We are no longer ordinary. We're no longer average. We're no longer normal. We're no longer actually natural. We're extraordinary, we're peculiar, we're a royal priesthood with the presence of the supernatural inside of us. Holiness is like how many of us separate Tupperware cups from fine crystal glassware. You, you, you use Tupperware cups in your everyday use, but when special folk come to the house, you pull out the crystal. It's, it's almost holiness, holiness, our sisters can understand holiness. Holiness is like how many of our sisters separate clothes they wear on a daily basis from the gowns y'all wear when you want to get fancy. Yeah, that's, that's the separation between holiness and, and what's, what's not holy, the sacred from the profane. We are holy, set apart by God's spirit when we get saved. But we're called not only to be individuals who are holy, we're called to be a part of a holy community, a holy people. We're saved to be part of a holy community. The design of God's kingdom is that you and I grow and thrive through our connections with others in community with other holy folks. Holiness is more like a team sport, like football, rather than an individual sport like tennis or speed skating. The, the, Holy, Ghost, the Holy Ghost strives to not only make an individual holy, but each individual to engage in a holy community. So the Galatians were, the, were to follow the Holy Ghost guidance and vibe as a healthy, united community of faith. Instead, although they were holy by virtue of their allegiance to Christ, they were unhealthy. They were unhealthy. You can see it in verse 15. Look at verse 15 of Galatians 5. Verse 15, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. We can be holy by virtue of our salvation and position in Christ and yet abide, watch this, in unhealthy faith communities where we devour one another. False teachers devoured the faith of those who had trusted Christ for their salvation. False teachers devoured their allegiance to what Paul taught them so the people of God in Paul's absence would align with false teachers. False teachers devoured Paul's influence so they developed their own following. The Galatians were holy and unhealthy as a community of faith. When our flesh guides our lives, we devour one another. When our flesh guides our lives, we devour, we devour, consume false teaching instead of sound teaching. Instead of devouring one another, you all know what we need to do? We, we, we need to help develop one another. Rather than devour one another, we, we need to resolve, I'm going to help develop other folk. Don't, don't bite one another, build one another. Devour, if you want to devour anything, let me encourage you to do this. Devour what will make us a healthier community of faith. 
devour God's word devour his presence in in your prayer closet devour devour building up people and helping people move forward in their faith or if you want to do this watch this devour what Jesus devoured consume what Jesus consumed feast on what Jesus feasted on consume what Jesus consumed some of us we we feast on tearing people down we we devour tearing people's reputations down we 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 feast on it we look for it we 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 don't want to just a little snack of tearing somebody down we want a buffet but if you want to devour anything devour what can help make our community of faith our church family healthier or matter of fact i tell you devour what jesus devoured jesus said that his meat was to do the will of him who sent him he said his food was to do the will of his father who sent him and to finish his work he said his food was to do the will of the Father. He, he, another translation has him saying his nourishment comes from doing the will of God and finishing his work. Instead of devouring one another and biting one another, be nourished, be satisfied, be fulfilled by doing what God put you here to do. Listen, devote, devote your time and energy toward your why. When the Holy Ghost is guiding your life, you should be doing something that, that is as if when you do it, there's something inside of you that says, I was born to do this. I was born to do this for God. I was born to do this in serving people. I was, I was made for this. I was, I was born to this. And I want to say this to all of us who, who after all the people whose names have been called uh, in, in these past two years, whether it's due to COVID or what have you, all of us who are still alive, whether you've had COVID and you're still alive, or you had cancer, you're still alive, had a heart attack, you're still alive, had a stroke, you're still alive. If you are still alive, the last thing you need to be doing is devoting your time and energy to tearing people down why why not fulfill the purpose for which god has kept you alive why not fulfill the purpose for which god spared your life why not fulfill your purpose fulfill your life to being devoured and being nourished by your purpose oh but the galatians the Galatians were tearing one another down. The, the Galatians were biting and devouring one another. When the Holy Ghost guides your life, we can vibe in a holy and healthy community. But the second thing, y'all, the second thing is when the Holy Ghost guides your life, you are empowered to combat the cravings of your flesh. When the Holy Ghost guides your life, you are empowered to combat the cravings of your flesh. Look at verses 16 and 17. We'll see how the Holy Ghost empowers us to combat the cravings of our flesh. Verse 16 of Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, what, which, is the just, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions the cravings of our sinful nature uh, our flesh we we all have them being saved and made holy does not vaccinate us against cravings in our flesh but with the presence of God's spirit we are empowered to combat them he gives us cravings too. The Holy Ghost gives us desires too. Verse 17, we're told the Holy Ghost gives us divine desires. Those divine desires are not like are not like cells in our body that can eat up other cells. No, these divine desires abide within us to empower us to combat the cravings of our flesh. 
But if we have to be honest, when we look at verse 24 of this same text, Galatians 5, 24, we can get the impression that followers of Jesus aren't supposed to struggle with our flesh, with our divine, with our sinful nature. Paul talked to the Galatians as if our sinful nature, our flesh, is utterly powerless. Look at verse, look at verse 24, Galatians 5. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Something that's been crucified has been killed. It ceases to exist. The King James Version puts the same verse this way. Verse 24, King James Version. Here's what it says. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. He talks as if it's a done deal. He talks past the Teddy as if it's something that's happened in the past. Christ's death on the cross, watch this, broke the power of sin over our lives. One of the blessings of the blood of Jesus and his death at Calvary and our faith in his blood and death is that it works to break sin's power over our lives. The Holy Ghost abides within us and in power to live out the freedom to live holy. Listen to what Paul told the Romans in Romans 6, verses 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation. Romans 6, verse 6, we know that our old sinful nature, our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin, not from the presence of sin. I'm free from the power of sin, which means I don't have to give in to the power of sin. And I may still struggle with sin because I'm free from the power of sin, but I'm not free from the presence of sin. Without the spirit guiding our lives, we are powerless against our flesh. When we are guided by our flesh, here's what happens. Paul told us in Galatians 5 verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension division envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these and paul said let me tell you again as i've told you before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god this is commonly referred to as the fruit of the flesh it's, it's the fruit of the flesh. It's, these are the results or the, the manifestations or the behaviors of people who give in and are guided by their flesh. People who are guided, led, influenced, dominated by their flesh. This is how they behave all the time. Are y'all with me? We understand, some of us who have been in church for a little while, we may have heard that phrase, the fruit of the flesh. We may have read this passage before, may have studied it in Bible study or Sunday school or heard a man or woman of God preach from the fruit of the flesh. And many of us understand the fruit of the flesh, the way our sinful nature manifests itself. The fruit of the flesh speaks of how we behave when our sinful nature guides us. It shows up in our behavior. It infuses our relationships. This is what makes them so powerful. They destroy community. You can really see the detrimental effects of our flesh and our relationships when you consider what sexual, immorali sexual immorality does to our marriages, our families, our businesses, our churches. Think about the impact of hostility, quarreling, jealousy, 
outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, division, dissension, envy, drunkenness, or addiction in general. Think about the impact of those things in relationships, in families, businesses, in communities. I'm, most, I'm sure most of y'all have heard of the fruit of the flesh. It may help us to better understand the fruit of the flesh by pondering the ingredients in our flesh. We all have ingredients in our flesh that make us act, act out and demonstrate and manifest the fruit of the flesh. These ingredients are things that have, that have happened to us that may or may not have been beyond our control, but impacts how our flesh manifests itself, especially in the context of relationships. Ingredients such as sexual abuse. You take someone who acts out or behaves a certain way sexually, you can probably trace it back to sexual abuse that may have happened to them at some point in the past. Maybe not everyone. Maybe not everyone. Some people, we, some, all of us behave a certain way because of flesh. It's just in us. But there are some people you can trace how they behave today back to some ingredient that was put in their flesh. Some ingredient that was put in their life to where if you if that thing did not happen to them, they probably would not behave the way that they behave today. Are y'all with me so far? Ingredients, ingredients like in our flesh, like physical abuse, verbal abuse that, that can feed into our rage or hostility or jealousy, self-doubt, low self-esteem, low self-worth. I'm, I'm talking about ingredients in our flesh, things that may have happened to us that make us act out in our flesh the way that we do. Uh, ingredients that feed into the fruit of our flesh, like having never been affirmed by your father, never hugged by your mother, growing up in a household where there was no affection, being the baby of the family and always being pushed aside or treated as though you're voiceless overlooked or un and unnoticed ingredients ingredients in our flesh like traumatic experiences that have never been resolved and some of y'all some of some there are some people in the body of christ even some in this church who behave and act out in their flesh because they have unresolved trauma it's bad enough that i got a sinful nature but what can make me act the way I do in my sinful nature can sometimes be traced back to an ingredient, something that happened to me that I never reconciled, something that something that I want everybody to understand and love me enough to understand it and accommodate me and allow me to act out the way I do when I get angry or act out the way I do when I get jealous or act out and justify it and accommodate it. Baby, that is not the way the kingdom works. That's not the way the kingdom works. All of us have. All of us have fruit of the flesh. All of us, we have ingredients, trauma, grief, failure, or even, or even the pressure of success. The pressure to maintain that image that can feed itself into addiction, addictive behavior. Whether you're addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, applause, or addicted to attention. There are some people, they, they're addicted to attention. They got to be the center of attention. Got to be. These cravings can, in our flesh can be so intense in the life of the believer that we can become worn out trying to combat them. The good news, though, is that the Holy Ghost abides in us to help us win.
He dwells inside of us to make our being a new creature, a reality. He empowers us to win the fight between the cravings of our flesh and the desires of the divine. This is a fight you and I can win. You can win the fight to become more like Jesus. Yield to the guidance of God's spirit and you win. He has ordained for you to win. He has anointed you to win. He has ordained your victory. You are anointed to prevail in the Holy Ghost over and against your flesh. The fight can get ugly. The fight can get real ugly. The fight can be nasty, but if you let the Holy Ghost guide you, you can win. And this combat, this fight between flesh and spirit is not like a lot of the fights we see in the movies on TV. Y'all ever see movies in, uh, on, on fight movies with fight scenes on TV? Even James Bond fights. It's, it's like these fights are so courteous. Where one guy, James Bond, can be, can be getting jumped by a whole army of, of spies from another country. And what's so, what's so kind and courteous about these fights, the people who are jumping James Bond, it's like they wait their turn to get into the fight. So you get one spy to jump in. He's fighting James Bond. James Bond fights him off, and and he may not even kill him. But the guy be sitting somewhere. Oh, he just he just he can't believe James James Bond beat him down. And while he's recuperating from his beat down, another spy will jump in and fight. May have a knife or a gun or whatever. He gets beat down. Then the next guy jumps in. And then like everybody else is waiting their turn, doing like this, waiting their turn. They're waiting their turn to get into the fight. It may be a James Bond movie or even some of our black exploitation films. You'll find that, you find the one person who's part of the gang that's jumping somebody, they wait their turn, they're waiting. They got a knife in their hand, they wait. How many of y'all are in a fight in your flesh, but depression ain't waiting on anxiety to go? And anxiety ain't waiting on grief to go. And grief ain't waiting on addiction to leave you alone. And addiction ain't waiting on jealousy to leave you alone. And jealousy ain't waiting on your anger management. They all of them, all of them clowning, all of them on you. All at the same time. Why are you trying to grieve? You're dealing with addiction. Why are you dealing with addiction? You're dealing with jealousy. Why are you dealing with jealousy? Now you're dealing with this. It's all at, they ain't waiting. All of them jumping on you at the same time. And some of y'all, listen, listen, listen. I get it. Some of us, we're tired of fighting all of these realities all at the same time. But I've, I've come to encourage you today. Don't be too tired to fight back. The Holy Ghost resides on the inside of you to see this fight as combat. This is not some friendly battle like verses. The fight that wages within the believer is not for bragging rights. It's a matter of life and death. And the Spirit is the very power of God inside of us. The Holy Ghost is the power that moved upon the formless, empty darkness in creation. As he moved in creation, God the Father kept speaking. And as God kept speaking and the Spirit kept moving, progress kept happening. God kept speaking the spirit kept moving and progress kept happening and in our lives as God keeps moving and as his spirit keeps moving and as God keeps speaking we can make progress as God keeps speaking and the spirit keeps moving in our lives we can make progress that's why some of us can testify that he's brought us from a mighty long way not all that I ought to be but I'm not all that I used to be because the whole time I've been fighting God kept speaking and the spirit of God kept moving and as God keeps speaking and the spirit keeps moving and I keep fighting I can move further and be more and more like Christ 
Bless his holy name. I need someone struggling with the ingredients in your flesh and the fruit of your flesh to be encouraged and believe that the spirit of the living God is moving to win the fight for your transformation. This is a fight for your sanctification. This is a fight for you to become more like Jesus. The Holy Ghost is in combat inside of you, warring, warring to overcome anxiety and depression and laziness and low self-esteem and low self-worth and insecurity and addiction and suicidal thoughts and fear and anger mismanagement and sexual immorality and if you allow him to guide you you will win I need somebody to holler I'm gonna win so fight to win fight fight to win fight so the spirit wins and walk in victory if you win we all win if you win we all win if you win your marriage wins your families win your career wins the church universal wins the kingdom wins our local churches win our church family wins and the devil loses I said the devil loses you step away from the traps he has set he loses in trying to conquer your mind he loses in trying to dominate your heart he loses in trying to enslave your spirit he loses in trying to dominate your mind the devil loses the fight for your joy the fight for your peace he loses the fight for your vision he loses the fight for your hope your destiny your dream your resilience your future he loses and God gets the glory so keep fighting you ain't the only one keep fighting keep fighting and fight to win let God have his way in your life tell God to have his way and have his way in every area of your life I'm finished when I tell you this third and final thing third and final thing when the Holy Ghost guides your life you can vibe in a holy and healthy community secondly when the Holy Ghost guides your life you are empowered to combat the cravings of your flesh and finally when the Holy Ghost guides your life you are liberated from liberalism I'm sorry. You're liberated from legalism. <laughs> You're liberated from legalism. You're liberated from legalism. When the Holy Ghost guides my life, I am liberated from legalism. Legalism. Look at verse 18. Galatians 5, 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. The words of our text today are couched in a context of legalism. Legalism. Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians to combat legalism. Legalism. Legalism is, is what Paul would describe as, as bondage to the law and its rituals. There were some who taught that one must be was, was, one must still be circumcised and obey the law of Moses to be made right with God. But Paul told them in Galatians 5 and 1 not to be entangled again with that yoke of bondage, the yoke of legalism. The Galatians had been doing well to live according to grace rather than works. But something happened, though. Something happened to pull them back to ritual-based religion instead of faith-based relationship with God through salvation, through grace. Paul's letter to them, including the portion of our text today, is Paul's attempt to pull the Galatians back to trusting Jesus for their salvation and the Holy Spirit to empower them to live out a love for God that was translated in obedience to his word. Paul's concern, y'all, is that the Jewish Christians in the Galatian congregation who had been delivered from legalism will continue walking in the spirit so they continue walking in their deliverance. But y'all, being pulled back into legalism was a threat to the Jewish Christians in the Galatian congregation. There were some Gentiles converted to Christianity as well. 
Gentiles who were delivered from worshiping idols prior to accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So one of Paul's concerns was, as he wrote the Galatians, was to keep delivered Gentiles walking in the Spirit so they would continue to walk in their deliverance as well. Uh, amongst those who are uh, pulling the people away from God were those, were those that Paul is encouraging, stick with Jesus. Stick with grace. Stick, stick with the Holy Ghost leading your life. And I want to encourage everybody in here, especially our leadership, be amongst those who are pulling the people of God closer to him in grace. Don't contaminate what God is doing with legalism. Don't contaminate what God is doing with idolatry. Fight to help those here in, in the growth zone, regardless of their background, to continue in their deliverance. We need leaders who can help delivered folk to move forward in their deliverance. The Galatians were devouring one another. Don't, de don't devour delivered folk. De delivered folks shouldn't be devouring other delivered folks. Delivered folks ought to love one another to help each other walk further in their deliverance. Hang with me. I'm almost done. You got to hear this. Listen, listen. Paul was making it clear that believers in Christ are delivered from the law. Although we are liberated from the law, it still needs to be clear, watch this, where we draw the line. As followers of Jesus, we are liberated from a religion with a bunch of rituals and rules, but it still needs to be clear, y'all. Still needs to be clear where we draw the line. In other words, while we're liberated from the Mosaic law, we still have the law of love, which mandates we draw the line in our lives. Some stuff crosses the line. Some behaviors cross the line. Holiness gives us a line. Deliverance from sin gives us a line. The Holy Ghost liberates us to live by grace rather than by the law, but he mandates that we know where to draw the line. Some stuff is still sin. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost liberates us from legalism but hear me please hear me don't draw the line where God wouldn't draw it legalism will make you do that legalism makes you draw a line where God wouldn't draw it in other words don't condemn things God condones this is what we learned from the ministry of Jesus he constantly differed with the leading religious teachers of his day he was steadily accused of crossing the line they had drawn to differentiate righteous behavior and unrighteous behavior. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. In the Bible, you will find where religious teachers would tell Jesus stuff like, you can't heal on the Sabbath. Jesus, you're, you're crossing the line. That's work. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. You're supposed to rest. You're healing on the Sabbath. Jesus, you're crossing the line from righteousness to unrighteousness. Jesus would respond, God has not condemned healing on the Sabbath. Besides, when your donkey falls into a ditch on the Sabbath, won't you go get it out? Religious teachers would tell Jesus stuff like, you can't eat without first washing your hands. They had drawn the line. When you eat, Without first washing your hands, Jesus, you and your disciples, you crossed the line from righteousness into unrighteousness. You can't eat without first washing your hands. Jesus told them, eating without first washing your hands does not defile you. 
the lines of religious leaders of Jesus' day were drawn in the wrong places. Peter had done the same thing. Peter did the same thing. But the Holy Ghost challenged him to adjust lines he had drawn. One day, Acts chapter 10, one day, Peter had a vision of a blanket falling from heaven with all kinds of animals, reptiles, and birds. Peter was told in this vision to rise up, kill, and eat. Peter saw the animals in the blanket that the law told him not to eat. Pete, Pete replied, I can't do it. I'll draw the line when it comes to my diet. I'm not eating what the law told me. I cannot eat. In the Bible, he heard a response. Do not call unclean what God has made clean. Peter had to wrestle with what this vision meant. While he, was, while he was wrestling with the meaning of the vision, the Holy Ghost was getting Peter to adjust the line he had drawn. The Bible says in Acts 10, 19 and 20, meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, watch this, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry for I have sent them. These are Gentiles. The meaning of the whole vision was Peter. Peter understood we don't fool with Gentiles. But the Holy Ghost was, was checking Peter. It's time for you to, it's time for you to get out of that. It's, it's, it's almost like what, what, what some politicians are, are, are doing with gerrymandering. They're, they're redrawing the lines. The Holy Ghost was getting Peter. Redraw your lines. The lines you have drawn. That's not where God would draw them. God was getting Peter to adjust the line he had drawn, the line he was taught to draw. The Holy Ghost was getting Peter to adjust the line he had drawn because the line, watch this, the line prevented Peter from ministering to people God was calling him to serve. The Holy Ghost was getting Peter to adjust the line he had drawn because the line erected a barrier between Peter and the crowd and God is now tearing down that barrier and building a bridge. But as Peter yielded, and surrendered to the Holy Ghost and allowed the Holy Ghost to guide him, he would see, watch this, that the same spirit that fell on him would fall on a crowd he never would have thought would receive the same grace and spirit he received. That's a problem a whole lot of us have. We think we have a different Holy Ghost than, than other folk have. That's why when some people behave the way they do, we question if they're saved. We, we question if they've been born again. We question, we question if they got the Holy Ghost. Listen, listen, God can, God can save all of us, fill all of us. The line Peter had drawn restricted him. The line he had drawn had him rejecting people God had accepted. The line he had drawn put some rules in his life that God was removing. Holiness mandates a line. But we cannot draw the line where it restricts a move of God. We cannot draw the line where we reject people God accepts. We cannot draw the line and violate victory. We, we draw the line based on what God has said. Watch this. We draw the line based on what God said. But we cannot draw the line based on not understanding what God meant when he said what he said. I'm going to say this and I'm done. Almost done. Closer to being done. Preach all, all my preachers, all my sons, daughters in the ministry, all the preachers here. I want to challenge you. Those of you have embraced this, this philosophy that you can just read the Bible and pray and trust God for understanding and then walk in what God shows you when you read the Bible. I want to challenge you. You got to go further than that. 
you got to study you got to study what these words mean how were they used when they were written how what did people understand when they would hear these letters when they were first written in their day and time and there are some words especially in the new testament where you only find them in the bible and you only you there are some words in the new testament where you may only find it in that one verse and people who are trying to break it down they don't know what that word may mean they don't know how it may have been used in, in Greek culture, in Greek communication. We got to be careful because some of us are making the Bible to say something that it ain't saying. Let's not make up rules and end up condemning things God condones. If God doesn't have a problem with it, why should we? So I come to proclaim freedom. Freedom from, freedom from legalism. Yes, there's a line. Yes, there are some rules. Yes, there are some things that believers, pardon my, pardon my jacked up English, ain't got no business doing. But don't draw the line where God wouldn't draw it. You push people away that God wants to bring to you. You, you, got, people, you got people abiding by rules that God ain't even studying. You're free. You're free to live holy through faith in Jesus Christ. You're free to move forward in your deliverance. You're free to worship him despite being flawed with flesh. You're free, but don't cross the line. Be free, but don't think you can simply continue in sin. Be free, but don't think you can be mediocre as you follow the master. Be free and be accountable. Be free and devour sound teaching. I'll close with this. Let the Holy Ghost guide your life. Let the Holy Ghost guide your life let the holy ghost guide your life don't let the streets guide your life don't let your flesh guide your life don't let don't don't let false teaching guide your life let let the holy ghost guide your life vibe in a holy and healthy community i ain't doing all that today jonathan give me something smooth give me, give me something smooth just give me something smooth let, let the holy ghost guide your life vibe in a health, holy and healthy community Combat the cravings of your flesh. He liberated us. Listen, let the Holy Ghost guide your life and be liberated from legalism. And I just want to ask, who, who, else, who else besides me need help with this? Need help with this. I need help vibing in a holy and healthy community. I need help combating the cravings of my flesh. I need help being liberated from legalism. I need help. The good news is help is here. Help is here. Simply ask him to fill you again. Especially this week during the fast. Fill me. Fill me again. I feel like I'm so full of confusion. I feel like I'm so full of frustration. I can't get it right. I don't want to do stuff that, that I'm doing and stuff I, that I need to do that I know you called me to do. I ain't doing it. I'm, I'm, so fr I'm full of frustration. I'm full of discouragement. I'm full of depression. I'm full of weakness. God, fill me again. And I believe if those of us who are frustrated, tired, worn out, tired from the combat, tired and just tired of being tired, I believe if you ask him to fill you again he'll do it he'll do it and I know what you're asking Pastor Clark when the Holy Ghost fill me when I speak in tongues you might you might well, if, if, how will I know he fill me well, will I speak in an, an, a language I never learned before you might you might, Pastor, how will I know when he filled, when he filled me with the will fill me with the Holy Ghost how will I know will I be slain and fall out on the floor you might Everybody hitting the floor ain't being filled. I'm going to tell you that. 
I don't even know where that happened in scripture. I mean, everybody hitting the flow ain't feel. Some folk hitting the flow because they feel like they're supposed to hit the flow. Some folk hitting the flow because they seen other folk hit the flow. And they don't want to, they don't want nobody looking at them like they ain't saved. They ain't, you know, I just, I just don't want you looking down on me. So all let me hit the flow. If the Holy Ghost ain't putting me on the flow, I ain't hitting the flow. What good is it to hit the flow if you're going to get up and you're still going to be cussing folk out? What good is it to hit the flow and you get up and you still ain't going to tithe? What good is it to hit the flow and you still going to get, you get up and you still going to be mean and nasty? I, I want to challenge the people of God. I'm called the shepherd. Ask him, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. And you can ask him every day, fill me again. When you drop the ball, when you fail, when you've given in to your flesh, repent and ask him, fill me again. The truth is, if you love giving in to your flesh, if, you, if you're doing it because you love it, you're doing it because it satisfies you, you can, you can repent and say, I know I ain't supposed to like it. I know I ain't supposed to do it, but God, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Fill, I need you to fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Oh, oh, I just got a text from the Holy Ghost. I'm done. Listen, those of us who really need to be filled again, those of us who really need to be filled again, those of us who don't feel like we're struggling. Those of us who don't feel like we're struggling. Those of us, those of us who, those of you sitting here hoping, I hope they hear him. I hope they get what pastor is dropping today. Oh, I hope so-and-so is, is on the stream. All of y'all who think like that, you're the main ones. You're the main ones. Fill me again. Forgive me for thinking I don't need this word. Forgive me for thinking I ain't combating my flesh. Forgive me, God. Fill me again. Help me get rid of this pride. Help me remove this pride. Help me re remove this arrogance. Help me to get beyond this condescending attitude. God, fill me again with the Holy Ghost and power so I may become more like Christ. I, I may speak in tongues. I may not, but make me more like Christ. On the other side of the tongues is a question. Are you going to become more like Jesus? Fill me again if I hit the flow. I hit the flow, but when I get up off the flow, I, if I don't hit the flow, if I don't, I don't, but if I do hit the flow, when I get up, I pray that I'm more like Jesus. I pray that I talk more like him. I pray I'm closer to thinking like him. I pray that I'm closer to devouring what he devoured to do what you put me here to do and to finish it. Fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. I want to ask this. I want us to do this safely, honoring the protocols. I want to ask everybody as a gesture, as a gesture of, 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 of applying this word. If you want God to feel you again, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're struggling. It doesn't mean that you failed. It simply means I, I need the spirit of God to guide me in every area of my life. And there are some areas where I've shut them out. And you can't tell it when I come to church on Sunday. You can't tell it when I'm on the Bible study. You can't tell it when I was at the women's conference. But there's some areas of my life where I haven't given the Holy Ghost 
access, but I need him to fill me again. I need some people who will safely and honor the protocols and meet me at this altar and just simply cry out publicly and in community, God, fill me again. Fill me again today. Fill me again right here, right now. Fill me again. I want you to keep space between each other and just cry out, God, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again so that the fruit of the Spirit manifests in my life, so that the fruit of the Holy Ghost manifests in my life. Despite all the ingredients in my flesh, despite all the traumatic experiences I've had, despite the unresolved issues in my life, fill me again. Fill me again. Make me a better husband. Fill me again. Make me a better wife. Fill me again. Make me a better mother. Fill me again. Make me a better father. Fill me again. Fill me again. Make me more victorious. Fill me again. Help me combat this cra the cravings. Fill me again. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me again. With the Holy Ghost and power. I need your help. Fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. Come on, cry out in agreement with me. Just you gotta cry out on your own behalf. Fill me again. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. I can't, I wish I could tell you. You can tell when he's done it because you'll feel somewhere. Or, or you'll stop crying, or you're 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 speaking an unknown tongue. I wish I could tell you how you can how you can tell. I tell you this. I tell you'll tell by when you get down the road of life a little bit and you see that you're behaving differently you see that you can overcome some stuff you see that you can deny yourself stuff that you used to easily yield to when you can deny yourself things that you love and you're wondering how in the world am I denying myself this thing that I listen any I, uh, feel me again God come on open your own mouth and cry out with your own voice feel me again feel me again make me more like Jesus feel me again Fill me again when I stand before you. I want to be as close to a resemblance of you as I possibly can. Fill me again. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Help me with my anger. Help me with my jealousy. Help me with my sexual lust. Help me with my anger. Help me, God. Help me with my envy. Help me with my addiction. Fill me again fill me again forgive me for shutting you out of certain areas of my life forgive me for shutting you out forgive me for blaming my wife forgive me for blaming my husband forgive me for blaming my children forgive me for blaming white folk forgive me for blaming my mama forgive me for blaming my daddy although some things have happened to me although my husband did do some things although my wife did do some things although white folk may have done some things although some things have happened to me these ingredients in my flesh ought not be able to 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 combat what the Holy Ghost wants to do in my life the same spirit that moved upon the waters moved that's moved upon the deep that moved upon what was formless God move by your spirit as your word is going forth move by your spirit in my mind move by your spirit upon my heart move by your spirit upon my psyche move up by your spirit upon my imagination move by your spirit upon my pain move by your spirit upon my trauma move by your spirit upon my grief move by your spirit upon my secrets move by your spirit upon my lust move by your spirit upon everything my lying tongue my affairs my secrets oh God move by your spirit move by your spirit upon my unforgiveness move by your spirit upon my bitterness move by your spirit upon my guilt move by your spirit upon my shame move by your spirit upon all the ingredients in my flesh so that out of my life comes the fruit of the Holy Ghost more so than the fruit of my flesh oh God fill me with the Holy Ghost so that my life is filled with love joy peace hope 
patience, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, goodness, and long-suffering and self-control. Move by your Spirit. Fill me, God, so that all of these fruit manifest in my relationships. That love, joy, peace manifest in my relationships. Even my relationships with my enemies. Even my relationships with people who have done me wrong. God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Please, God, before I go home today, fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Before I go back to work, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Fill me. Before I see family members I can't stand. Before I see my enemies, fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Before I watch the news today, fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Fill me, God. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me. And although I may never hit the floor, I may never hit the floor, but I want to nail my flesh to the cross. I want to nail my secrets to the cross. I want to nail my lust to the cross. I want to nail my anger to the cross. I want to nail my unforgiveness to the cross. All that's in my flesh, I want to literally, in the spirit, in, the, in, the, in reality, nail it to the cross and render it powerless. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I pray that this becomes a daily habit for all of us. That we, we beg and ask of Him. Fill me with your power. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Make me more like Jesus. Make me more like Christ. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Make me more like Christ. Make me more like Jesus. Now I want to encourage you. Believe by faith that God has given you what you've asked for. You may not feel any different. You may not speak any different right now. You may not be on the floor. You may not speak in tongues. you got to believe in faith that God will not withhold this good thing from you. God will not deny the presence of His Spirit from you. you got to believe by faith that God will not deny you another filling of His Spirit. And so if by faith you believe that you have what you've asked for, I want you to put those hands together and tell God, thank you. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your Spirit. Thank you for your power thank you thank you for your power thank you for your presence thank you God for filling me with your spirit I have received what I have asked for I'm going to ask for it again tomorrow I'm going to ask for it again on Tuesday the next time I fail I'm going to ask you for it again every time I struggle I'm going to ask you fill me God fill me with the Holy Ghost and power it is so in Jesus name amen Amen. Amen. One more time. Put those hands together. Give God glory. 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 Hallelujah. There may be someone here today who has never ever accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We want to invite you to invite Jesus. In your this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.